0: in the trenches, anywhere you go, um, whatever you do, it's you're there and you're whatever you're doing, well whoever tells you to go wherever, it's for that person to left and right of you. You're going to take care of them no matter what. And that's what we want to do when we get out is show people. That's what Operation Iron Ruck is for, to show people that we're still looking out for our fellow brothers and sisters to left and right of us.
1: Thanks so much everybody for joining us for the Run the Race podcast. You know it's uh, almost Thanksgiving. Uh, This podcast episode will come out just a day or two before Turkey Day. I hope you guys uh, have some wonderful time with your family. Be safe with travels. Enjoy some great food. And you know we talk about fitness and faith on this uh, podcast which is episode I think 134 now. And so I'm not going to tell you not to go eat all the food. In fact, uh, I'm going to recommend you eat as much as you want to eat. Um, you know, eat the turkey and the dressing and the and the gravy, the pumpkin and pecan pie. You know, those are some of my favorites. And uh, you know, eat, eat, eat everything you know that you want to eat. Enjoy yourself. Uh, you, if you want to cut back before or after Thanksgiving, feel free to do that. For me, I just run a lot so that I can enjoy eating. You know, you just burn the calories before and after you go for Thanksgiving, but hope you guys uh, have a wonderful time. You know, we talk about nutrition on this podcast too. We've, you can look at past episodes where we talk about just things to do maybe in between Thanksgiving and Christmas to kind of, um, you know, kind of uh, loose, shed some of those pounds so you can enjoy and, and not have to feel bad about eating all those sweets and eating all those, you know, um, you know the different things that you eat over the holidays. So enjoy yourself, indulge. This is a time for doing that and being thankful. Not just for the food, but thankful for your family, thankful for God, thankful for the ability to go out and run, walk, ruck, whatever you do. And we're going to be talking about rucking today with our guest on this podcast, Clayton Buchanan uh, with Operation Iron Ruck. Uh, He is actually a a current student at Auburn University, uh, just right down the road from Columbus, Georgia, where we are now. He's double majoring in professional flight and business management, which started in uh, fall. um, He started back in the fall of 2019, graduates about a year from now. And, uh, you know, again, he has uh, been involved with Operation Iron Ruck for the past three years, uh, now is one of the main organizers for it. Now, that will start on Wednesday, November 23rd, which uh, might be the day this podcast comes out. It starts at about 630 in the morning, I think, central time. It'll go until early Saturday morning. And then, of course, you've got Auburn. Uh, versus Alabama, the big Iron Bowl game that will take place in Tuscaloosa this year. That afternoon, the uh, Saturday. Actually, I'm sorry, it's the Friday after. I think it's the Friday or Saturday? Saturday. No, they play Saturday. The Saturday after Thanksgiving. I'm getting confused, all the different uh, football games. So, uh, And, of course, uh, big deal around here. Big deal for college football fans overall. Auburn versus Bama. Of course, Alabama may be heavily favored. But you never know with this game and the rivalry game for sure. And Clayton Buchanan, he is the former philanthropy director uh, and and now the uh, president of the Auburn Student Veterans Association. Um, And he's, the again, the coordinator for Operation Iron Ruck. He's a Marine Corps veteran, served from 2013 to 2017, where he he started off, uh, graduated from Marine Corps boot camp at Paris Island, South Carolina, famously known place. Uh, He was a rifleman in the infantry there. He enjoys uh, traveling all around the country, exploring new locations. And, uh, in fact, he's traveled out to to do the Marine Corps Marathon in D.C. He's run the Soldier Marathon here uh, right next to Fort Benning. And uh, again, has been involved with a lot of different things like Operation Iron Ruck, which we will talk about in the next few minutes. So uh, Clayton Buchanan, uh, thanks so much for uh, swinging by and talking to us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, I know you like you said, you like to listen to a lot of podcasts, maybe you're on your runs or rucks or whatever. Mm-hmm. And for, first of all, for folks maybe that don't know, um, and maybe they have a perception of what it is and that they, maybe they, they think it's just military. But tell me about what is rucking? What is what does that actually typically entail?
0: So rucking in general, um, from the military perspective of it, um, especially in the infantry, um, you carry everything you own. You know, you're out there on the front lines. You don't really have a, a spot to go back to a lot of times. So you're carrying a pack on your back. You're wearing your, your boots. Maybe you're wearing your your flak jacket, your Kevlar. You got your rifle, and um, you're carrying all your water, your food, your sleeping bag, everything you kind of own is on your back, and um, that could kind of weigh in excess sometimes up to 80 to 100 pounds, and um, you kind of carry that pack around everywhere you go. So. Um, it got to be a lot of things in, in the Marine Corps. Um, you do a lot of rucks, practice rucks to kind of build your, your you know, your, your strength up, your feet. You know, kind of get you prepared for those long movements. So generally, it's just a, it's a you imagine yourself with a backpack on with a, a, a I'd say a good bit of weight and. Um, you know egg walking excesses of a three to you know 10 to 12 miles really in a sense is kind of the general gist of uh what a ruck is
1: yeah and so and, and you're talking you see it says 80 to 100 pounds typically for and if you're in part of the military for rucking
0: i would say for yeah in, in the military the combat load um just depending on the, the situation there's been i guess technically rucks where we've only had you know a, a small backpack and we carry about 40 45 pounds um, I think in boot camp we only stick to about 40 to 50 pounds, but I would imagine many times in the infantry, I never weighed my pack, but it's probably been close to about 80 to 100 pounds on a, on a average just of all the water and food and all the gear you have to carry, um, including the ammo and, you know, what else you have with you for that particular mission or that, that, that um thing you're going for that day.
1: Yeah, well, whether it be 40 pounds or 90 pounds, I mean, you're talking about almost half a person, you know, mm-hmm. carrying them on your back, literally. So I mean, what does that do for you, you know, in terms of your experience, uh, you know, rucking with, uh, you know, a variety of weight, does that people would think, okay, man, that's gonna mess up my back, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, it's gonna be hurting afterwards, or, um, or like you said, your feet. So how do you avoid injury when it comes to rucking?
0: Uh, honestly, the best way to get better at rucking is to ruck. Um, it kind of helps build that tolerance up. Um, and You have little t- tips and tricks that you kind of learn throughout the, you know, the years of doing it, um, especially military, especially listening to the older senior you know, enlisted guys or the guys that have been doing it for a while. They kind of tell you, like, you know, you have to pack your weight in a certain way. You want to pack the heavy stuff towards the, you know, the back and closer to the middle um, and the lighter stuff can be at the top and around it, you know. So you have certain ways to pack your ruck that will kind of help balance the weight on your back um, definitely having a, a pack that is, you know, fits you well, has a, you know, a hip belt, that way you're not carrying all the weight on your shoulders, which would be terrible. Um, your shoulders cannot take all that weight for very long at all. Um, and then your feet, the main thing would be to kind of keep your, your, you know, the practice rucks going in there. That way you build your tolerance on your feet, because I know just like running marathons, like your, your feet have to get used to the pounding of that, that, the asphalt, just like rucking. You have to get used to that weight kind of hitting your, you know, your legs each and every time.
1: So uh, in ruckings, mostly uh, you're marching, hiking, walking, you're not necessarily, I mean, maybe do you run sometimes with a pack like that or?
0: In certain situations, I would say you, you would have to run, especially in a military setting, um, and especially if you do know, a lot of training, they definitely want you to do that. Um, but generally rucking would be, um, you could be a, uh, it's a very slow movement usually. Um, There's certain times where I'd say you could be faster than others, but um, especially in a combat situation, you definitely want to be kind of slow with it, methodical, and make sure you take care and watch your steps and where you go and what you're doing. But uh, generally, rucking is a, pr- a pretty slow movement.
1: You know, how does it differ? I mean, besides, obviously, you have the pack on, but how does it differ? Because I mean, you have run some marathons. We're going to talk about that a little later. But you know, running without anything on, you know, in terms of your your pack on your back versus rucking, what's what's the you know in terms of the difference for the fitness aspect of it for you? You think?
0: Um, well, I think they're kind of huge. Like two different completely things, you know. You can be a great runner, but I think if you put some weight on your back, um, then then your your running skills are going to kind of diminish very fast. You know, it's two different um, skill sets that you need to kind of practice if you're into this kind of thing. And I know a lot of civilians now, even if they were in the military, I think they do a lot of ruck marches and stuff. There's kind of a thing that you know, it's kind of a following now. I think they're kind of gaining, but um, it's definitely like two opposite um, things because you need to be able to build your you know your legs up, your feet, your back. You know, it, it takes a lot more. Um, strength um, to carry a pack around then I would say then the running would be just from doing both of them then that's a pretty much a personal opinion um, I, I don't know the science behind it
1: <laughs> yeah now operation iron Ruck that'll start um, on Wednesday which uh, it may be the, the day of this this episode coming out or the day after um, and you're going from uh, Auburn to Tuscaloosa tell me how it works how many miles we're talking about here in terms of the rucking uh, And there are a lot of different people students from both schools involved
0: yeah absolutely so Um, We will start this um, Wednesday, or the next Wednesday coming up before Thanksgiving, and um, we start about um, 7.30, we have a little open ceremony at 8 o'clock. We will start um, our ruck. The first three miles we do is kind of ceremonial. We'll have everybody out there participating. Right now we have about 40 to 45 people that are going to be actually completing the ruck, and then we have about 10 to 15 uh, kind of supporters that are going to be kind of following us around, doing various things that we need to kind of do. Um, And then we break the the, the ruck up into three teams. We have a red team, white team, and blue team. Um, and then each team will take a turn doing seven miles on the ruck. And then th- those other two teams while they um, are doing seven miles will be um, resting and supporting. So any kind of thing we might need or if they're just kind of relaxing. And then we just rotate re- um, through those three teams all the way until we get to Tuscaloosa, which will be 151 miles total. So each team does about 50 miles of rucking, um, but it's a continuous move It 24 hours nonstop. Um, Other than Thanksgiving, we do stop to have a giant Thanksgiving kind of potluck meal. that um, We stop for about four or five hours and um, eat, and then we all get right back to it.
1: Wow. So, I mean, how long? So this is uh, three and a half days, give or take, or four? It's
0: it's right at three and a half. um, I forgot exactly what it was, but it's it's a little bit under 72 hours, um, basically, because we start that that morning at 8 o'clock Wednesday, and then we finish 10 o'clock on Saturday morning in Tuscaloosa. and uh, So other than a couple hours break for Thanksgiving, it's a continuous movement.
1: Wow. So uh, is, is, is that something, okay, you have done, I think you told me, more than 150 miles for Operation Iron Ruck in the past alone, and obviously you rucked a lot in the Marines, but um, what's that like in terms of going that far, even when you're with a group or and when, you, when you're kind of stopping, is that, um, you know, t- extremely fatiguing mentally, physically?
0: Yeah, especially coming out of the military and not doing something like this for a couple of years, um, getting back into it. Now, the, we do carry a symbolic weight of 222 pounds in our packs as those are all donatable items that we carry. So the weight's not as extreme as it used to be to me, but um, getting back out there and kind of doing those miles and getting that in your belt, you kind of remember that, you know, you're not as limber, you know, as they say, like a not as mean, not as lean, but still a Marine kind of situation. We uh, We definitely feel it a little bit more in our bodies when we're out there um, hiking around and doing this ruck this year or any year we've done it. But um, it's, it's still not uh, undoable. It's definitely just something you have to get used to And kind of, which we do a lot of um, good work with the, the kinesiology department at Auburn University on our side. They help us, they do, we have a workout plan that we kind of get for the veterans to have that way they can kind of you know build their body the way that it needs to be done. They, use, they do a lot of work with our Warrior, warrior Research Center and they work with ROTC and kind of work with us as well to kind of help build us up And also we do a lot of practice rucks um for some people that you know we're maybe in the navy or the air force or just depending on what job you did in the military maybe they've never even done a ruck before so um, different backgrounds come from different places all over the the military so a lot of people don't have any experience rucking so they come out here and do this and we want to make sure everybody's prepared as much as we can
1: yeah I, i want to talk about the services you guys provide to veterans you know in the auburn area in just a little bit but um Getting back to, so you guys are, it's, it's day and night, so I mean, no matter the conditions, mm-hmm. like, you know, snow, rain, heat, I mean, it's not gonna really snow, <laughs> not around here, right. but um, you guys, I mean, it gets colder, especially this mm-hmm. time of year, and especially at night when the sun goes down.
0: Yeah, absolutely, It's it doesn't matter, rain or shine, if it, if it ain't raining, we ain't training. You know, we are always out there. Um, only thing I think we would stop for is if there was some severe thunderstorms, but um, luckily so far, we haven't had any kind of severe thunderstorms. It's, it's rained on us, it's been cold, uh, it's been hot, you know. It's a mixture of all kinds of weather, um, but we we just keep pushing through it all because uh, we realize that the mission that we're you know trying to accomplish is way more important than a little bit of suffering it takes to get to get the to the Tuscaloosa or to Auburn.
1: Yeah, speaking of that cause, I want to talk about that. Um, so you have twenty two pounds each of you in your rucks as you're going. You know, some of you the whole hundred and fifty miles from Auburn to Tuscaloosa. Uh, tell me the the symbolism behind that that number twenty two.
0: Right. So as of right now. Um, it's been known for a while that uh, 22 veterans a day um, take their own lives. Um, that's the national average. Um, we've been kind of seeing the new numbers that come out recently. They've said that's moved down to 17, but we've kind of kept that 22 um, as a, as a symbolic, just because you know our, we don't want to forget our brothers and sisters. Um, so we do carry 22 pounds is kind of symbolic. Um, for the we use um, donatable items that people donate to us that we're going to give out to different um, veteran homeless shelters throughout the state of Alabama, and um, we kind of use that net number kind of as, a, as a, the symbolic of it. We also carry 22 blank dog tags with us. Um, each dick will have that, that, those dog tags with them to kind of also represent those fallen brothers and sisters that we have.
1: Yeah, as a veteran yourself, I mean, how important, and this can, this can go for a lot of people maybe that are listening to this podcast now are not veterans, have not been in the military, but know somebody maybe who has, a family member or a friend. What's the importance of bringing awareness to and, and, and um, maybe in some donations as well to this kind of cause?
0: Right, the a lot of people don't really, I, I would say, um, understand or maybe even recognize that there's an issue, that there's a problem of veteran suicide out there. Uh, there's a misconception that when you get out of the military, that there's all these opportunities available for you. Everything's just kind of given to you, and, and in some cases, it, we have gotten a lot better as a as a country, um, as a whole, of of helping our veterans when they get out. And each year, I believe we get better. But there's still a misconception that every year, we, you know, when veterans get out, that you know, we just get all these opportunities, and a lot of those don't actually come. A lot of those, um, when you get out of the military, it's it's a it's pretty it's, it's intense. It's kind of scary. There's unknown you would go from being told where to be, what to wear, what to do to getting out and not really having a sense of purpose or a direction. Um so some veterans can definitely get into a bad spot and they they don't really know what to do with themselves and they kind of get lost in that that transition and um they they don't have that you know that camaraderie that they had. So for for other people to kind of reach out to veterans who you know might not know that this is an issue just it's best to just reach out to a fellow veteran or maybe your family members or maybe your friend and just you know, just make sure that they know that they're they're cared about, and I mean, it doesn't have to be anything military related. But just uh, keep them in mind all the time, and uh, keep talking to them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, very well said there. And you guys are raising money, so um, for I believe for that cause, but also um, you know, the, but for homes for veterans. Mm-hmm. Tell me about the um, wh- how what people are donating to, and how they can donate.
0: Yeah, so we have um, different. Uh, charities that we've selected throughout the state of Alabama. We have Three Hots and a Cot, which is their main locations out of Birmingham I believe they also have a spot in um, Huntsville, but their their homeless veteran shelter helps people get You know veterans get back on their feet and kind of help them find jobs and give them a place to stay um, Also using the um, Tuskegee veterans home homeless shelter as well and the um, Bill Nichols um, Homeless veteran shelter in Alexander City. Um, we also have a national um, uh, Nonprofit that we help as um, mission 22 is kind of a national chain that we try to reach out so we can help people in our area and kind of nationally um, and the best way to, to donate for us is you can go to our website um, at www.asvastore.com and there'll be a tab at the top that you can click for Operation Iron Ruck, and that'll take you to our website, tells you our, our mission statement, kind of gives you a background of the Auburn Student Veterans Association um, and then kind of gives you a link for uh, donations and other items that we asked um, to receive or you know stuff for, um, you would expect for a homeless veteran shelter or any homeless shelter um just like toiletry items, uh, socks, underwear, deodorant, um toothpaste, um, shampoo, conditioner, that that kind of stuff that um other veterans, um homeless veterans might not be able to go on their own and get.
1: Do you, you think people are would be surprised about how challenging the the situation is with the number of homeless veterans cuz like you said, people think okay, well, you know, they've they they've given to our country and now the country gives back, but typically sometimes that just doesn't happen or they just, you know, kind of have a a rough life and they end up on the streets, which is, you know, uh, shouldn't be the case in America. So is that something that you think is is an issue that continues to plague us?
0: Absolutely, I I think a lot of, like I said, the misconception that people, when you get out of the military, you you got all these opportunities handed to you. I was very lucky when I got out of the military, I got to come home to a a very good support system with my family and my friends. And um, that's very important to me. And I had a lot of family that are still in the area and they're very supportive of me and they helped me get right back into where I needed to go. A lot of veterans, join the military to escape a bad situation and then they get out after their 4, 10, 20, whatever there is to do and they get back and they get put right back in the situation and they can fall trap and victim to those same things they tried to leave before um, or, you know, you never know what the situation is when they get back home. So it's definitely something that I think a lot of people would be surprised that happens and it, it's continuously happening um, every year.
1: And winding back to 2013 when you, uh, you joined the, uh, the the U.S. Marine Corps, went to boot camp and uh, tell us about that, why you decided to join the military. Was this a, a family lineage or is this something you had a, like a, a motivation to, to for a reason for doing this? Uh,
0: the funny story about that is I actually did it because all my friends were doing it. Um, no, but I, I was in uh, I went to Space Station High School. This was right across the river here. You grew up in it. East Alabama, yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, and so I went to Space Station High School, and they had a, a Marine Corps JROTC program. And um, I had a, a mentor of mine, uh, Sergeant Major uh, Waltz, and Major Bolden were two instructors there. And I just kept seeing them every day, and I realized that th- I, that's what I want to be. I saw that how how they carried themselves, how different it was, and they made it seem like that you know they were you know giants amongst men, and I wanted to be that. So um, when I realized I kind of didn't want to go to college, I wanted to do something different. Um, I, I only knew I wanted to join the best, and that was the, the Marine Corps at that time. Um, and it still is in my heart, obviously. A little biased, but um, I definitely <laughs> love the Marine Corps. I loved everything it's taught me. The, the morals and values, I think, are beyond what I could get any other branch. Um, and uh, it, so that was kind of my, my general ideas. A lot of my friends that were in that program, we also kind of all joined the Marine Corps. So I did follow a lot of... You know, friends that I made. Um, we all kind of joined the military in some extent. Most of us were in the Marine Corps.
1: Yeah, and uh, from I uh, mean, what what was uh, for you, what were some of the you know the best or the most challenging parts of your four years in the Marine Corps?
0: Um, the most challenging is definitely kind of just realizing you know that you know you're, what you sign up to do. There's there's times situations you get into the situations and you're you're kind of you know oh crap here we are you know this is this is happening, uh, especially being an infantry in the Marine Corps. Um, Luckily, I was never in really bad harm's way, um, just the time frame I got in. But just to understand that, that and then being away from your family and friends and then there's so many miserable t- moments I can think on the top of my head about how I'm like, I can't believe I'm here. You know, I've been in, you know, mountainous situations and where it's cold and I'm freezing and I have to stand watch and make sure that, you know, my, my fellow brothers and sisters that I'm with are not getting hurt and, you know, they're sleeping peacefully and, you know, taking the load off of them for a minute and I've been, you know, beat up through our martial arts programs and that you know just the tough times throughout the, the four years um but they never out outdo the the good times i believe you know i i always say you know i i miss my my brothers definitely uh, every day that's the only reason i would i would go back is to see see my friends again just, and nothing beats the, the bond that you create um when you're all miserable together um you can smile through that just because you know you know we're all suffering together and it's it's a it's, it's some a bond you can never replace. So I definitely, those are my highest moments. Anytime I got to be around all my friends that were there and there with me and um, just kind of sharing all the experiences together was just the highlight, just be able to be with everybody all the time.
1: As they say, misery loves company,
0: right? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs>
1: um, and from a fitness aspect, I mean, so you joined, and I think by the math here, you were probably around 22, 23 years old, or you were younger when you joined?
0: I, I went to boot camp four days after high school. Oh,
1: so I, I So you were 18, 19? I was 18 years, years old. Wow, I was okay.
0: fresh. I, I graduated high school on May 24th, went straight into boot camp May 28th.
1: So what was it like? Okay, so you're, you're a young man, probably, you know, maybe in decent shape. So from a fitness aspect, was it. Um, extremely difficult. Uh, did it get you in, a, um, in really good shape having to kind of daily face these physical challenges?
0: So in high school, I ran uh, track and cross country. So I was, I felt I was pretty good um, as far as like, you know, the, the lung power, I felt pretty good at running, uh, which was all my strong suit. Um, I definitely, as, as you know, I got a lot better at it, but definitely the, um, the strength wasn't there as I, you know, we, the Marine Corps, um, their PT test, you have to run a three mile um, run. It has to be under 18 minutes to get a hundred on that. You have to do 100 crunches in two minutes and do 20 pull ups. So, 20 pull ups was always my challenge. I always tried to struggle with that. I, I worked really hard to make sure I got those. Um, and then, RTC, the program, the JRTC program we we're in, um, Sergeant Major Waltz was a former drill instructor himself. So, he definitely uh, he trained us pretty well, I think. And um, we also had a good uh, athletic program up here. At, um, and and I, I learned very well, very quickly, um, how to be, get in good shape for boot camp. They do very well preparing those, those new recruits that come in there. Um, But it was still a very big challenge like, you know, you can never fully repair or uh, prepare for, you know, boot camp because you never know what they're going to throw at you. Um, Those real instructors, if they think you're not struggling, they'll find a way to make sure that you you feel a little bit of pain. So you you really earn that title um, in a complete boot camp.
1: And, you know, you um, after leaving, you know, you've been involved with as an Auburn University student uh, leading, you know, helping to lead the ASVA, Auburn Student Veterans Association. So you work with a lot of vets. So. Um, what's that like post-military? Okay, so a guy like you gets out, and this happens you know, with everybody in the military, you're eventually out, whether it be four years, 20 years, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, is that uh, tough to, to have that motivation to go to the gym, to mm-hmm. go for that run, to do those push-ups at home, or whatever you choose to do for your fitness? Is that tough to kind of have, um, you know, be disciplined about that, even post-military?
0: I would say so. I think a lot of um, veterans kind of, when they get out, they kind of, I don't think they realize when they were in how much, you know, exercise that they were doing, even though we'd run every morning or afternoon or stuff. You were doing a lot of movements, even when you weren't, you know, running on, you know, PT Road and on Camp Lejeune, when you're out there in the field, you were, you know, patrolling, you were walking miles and miles in the woods, training, doing different evolutions, you know, sweating constantly in, in some kind of movement. So a lot of people, when they get out, they keep their same eating habits, they keep their same, you know, that's that same way they were in there and and they stop all the the movement you know they then they're like you know so they they start gaining a few pounds and then it starts becoming a little bit harder and a lot of people get out and they say well I used to be forced to run every morning and I don't want to do it anymore so a lot of people do lose that discipline a little bit because they can um, once they get out and um, that's one thing I, that's why I decided um, to to run a couple of marathons once I got out I signed up I signed up for marathons before I got out of the military that way I could kind of force myself not to you know, be in that situation. And I was like, if I sign up for this and paid the money, I'm definitely gonna make sure I, I do my best at it. And um, so it definitely helped me transition for myself personally to make sure I was not gonna fall victim to the, you know, the, the typical veteran that gets out and, you know, has a struggle with their, with, you know, with diet and exercise.
1: So that may be one of your pieces of advice, perhaps, for whether it be a military veteran or really anyone out there, is if you sign up for something, pay for it. It could be a gym membership, could be, mm-hmm. you know, that race that you're gonna do uh, or Spartan or whatever. Um, do you think, if, is that a good motivating factor? Like a carrot, like, a, okay, this is my challenge, and I'm going to train for it and work for it?
0: Definitely. I think it definitely keeps you on the right path. It kind of gives you a, a place to focus on. That way, you you know, when you get out, like, you're not like, okay, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to wait around and find out. Then you kind of lose that, that um you know your athleticism or you know whatever you've been training for you kind of lose that so if you just keep it up and you realize that i have something to strive for something to look for because that's what a lot of people in the military are, are designed to do we're kind of natural born leaders i'd say a lot of us are or at least we're taught to be leaders so you want to find the next you know objective and attack it so my next objective at that time was you know a marathon so i had to make sure that i was, I was going to take care of that so definitely um i would tell any veteran that you know you don't have to run a marathon or anything crazy like that um, but you just you want to make sure that you know you keep up your fitness and you keep up that stuff because it, it'll keep you healthy and happy in a, in a different situation because a lot of veterans when they get out they turn into you know turn to turn to drinking still and turn to other things and um, I, that's that's kind of far of what I would tell them to kind of focus on.
1: Yeah and so you know you've run uh, multiple half and full marathons so what were those experiences like for you? I mean obviously you're used to running competitively and maybe in high school and then running uh, plenty in the marines as well but going that distance 13.1 and then a couple times doing 26.2 miles was that kind of all that you expected or was it uh, maybe easier more difficult?
0: Uh, The when I first got out, I was training pretty hard. I had no idea how to sign or how to run, how to train for a marathon. I just kind of Googled some things and kind of went with it. Um, I just realized I needed to run a lot, um, so I started running. Before I got out, you know, Monday through Saturday was just running, doing different kind of workouts that I remember from doing cross country practice with Coach Peters and Smith Station, and then um, realizing kind of just. And I started off and I signed up for a five k, and I ran a five k. Kind of did it for a, a certain time that way. I knew okay if I ran a five k and I did it a couple times, and I would you know I. would be okay. So then I signed up for a 10K and kind of moved my way up, and then finally got to the half marathon. And I felt very prepared for the half marathon. I think that's a that's probably my wheelhouse. That's perfect. That's not too far. That's just you know right about things. I'm I'm kind of like a golden retriever in running. I always want to just outrun my pace. I always you know too fast. <laughs> I'm always too fast. So I always have to slow myself down and remind myself that I'm not running someone else's race. I'm running my race. Sure. Um, so I think the half marathon to me was ex- kind of what I expected it to be. It was challenging, but it wasn't like super, you know, where I, I thought like, you know, I might die through this. You know? <laughs> um, when I got to the marathon, the first one I ran, um, I, I hit that wall pretty hard. I ran that, that first, I got to 13.1. I was like, this is normal, I'm good. I'm slower than I was for the last one. Um, and then I got to about 18, 19 miles and I'm like, what happened? Yeah. You know, I started hitting that wall, like this is, this is painful. And I slowed down a little bit, you know, my times weren't as good as I want them to be. Um, but I accomplished the mission, I finished the marathon and uh, that's kind of all I was wanting to do. I wanted to make sure I got under four hours and, I was able to accomplish that and uh, you know it was it was very tough very difficult and then but it only left me wanting more and I was like right, next time I'll do it i am be even more prepared and more prepared and that was my goal is to just get better and better at them.
1: Yeah and, and running the soldier marathon here in Columbus Georgia Fort Benning and then Marine Corps Marathon up there kind of DC Virginia area you finish and like we were talking before off mic that uh, I ran that, I think the year after you, the Marine Corps Marathon, where you finished at the Iwo Jima Memorial, very emotional. You've got Marines that hand you your medal after you finish that 26 plus miles. So, uh, what was that like for you as a veteran and running these military-themed races? I mean, is that for you an extra special?
0: Yeah, it's actually anything I can do kind of to, you know, show my support for the military, especially you know, locally, the uh, soldier marathon was just, it was a no brainer to be able to do that and kind of show my support and seeing all the people, all the, you know, soldiers came out there and also helped support that. And then the Marine Corps marathon, cause you know, the Marine Corps obviously has a special place in my heart and just seeing more Marines out there cause it, at that time it'd been, you know, a year or so since I've been that, around that many Marines and it was just, it was awesome to see and awesome to see that, you know, all the support that that marathon gets and um, just being around more Marines again. I, I, you know, being able to tell, you know, Semper Fidelis and like immediately they're like, oh Semper Fi, you know, everybody knows what that means in the Marine Corps. And um, that's our motto. And so it's just, it's just really good to kind of get back in the, you know, around, surrounded by a bunch of people that, that kind of know, you know, about, you know, what I've been through and kind of how things are.
1: Now did you, you know, I don't know if you had your uniform or something on to show that you were, did they know, I mean like besides the, kind of giving the the, the call sign, but like did you, um, did they people know that, okay, this is a Marine veteran that's running or?
0: uh... I didn't really do anything particularly for the Marine Corps or like that. I did, um, I had a a Marine Corps emblem on my shirt that I had. I made a custom shirt that um, for one of our um, hometown um, heroes here he, he lost his life in early in, in Iraq, Afghanistan, I believe it was Afghanistan, in early Afghanistan time frame. Um, and it was a, He lived down the road from us um, and he um, was a big, I didn't know too well, I was way too young, but he was really good friends with my sister and my mom, they all knew him, and um, I just wanted to honor him. So every time I did a marathon, I wore a t-shirt that said, you know, in memory of uh, Corporal Corey Tanner and I, I made sure I had that going on. Mm-hmm. And um, that's all I had, but it wasn't like super bright and, you know, out there. So uh, I don't know if they really recognized it at all.
1: yeah. And uh, you are currently uh, leading as a president uh, since 2020 the uh, Auburn Student Veterans Association. You guys are a 501c3 group that uh, represents veterans transitioning from prior military service, like we talked about before, into higher education and, you know, helping to get these student vets connected with each other, some camaraderie on campus to share information about resources available to create that culture that supports these veterans through, you know, helping them to have success academically and have, you know, great success for their future careers, whatever that may be post-military. So um, wh- you know, what kind of things specifically do you, the, the, do you guys do you think that really um, kind of uh, helps uh, boost uh, these veterans?
0: One of the first things that we try to do is um, we call it AWOL. It's Auburn Warriors Orientation and Learning. Um, it's kind of a program that um, a lot of our previous um, presidents of the ASVA kind of started to kind of give us a um, veterans-specific orientation to college in higher education. Because um, it's like so when you get out of the military and into higher education you have no idea what's going on. And you do have an orientation that is designed more specifically for transfer students, for younger students, for freshmen or so that the university makes you go through. But um, I found going through AWOL was uh, w- way more beneficial because it, they explain things that are you know, veteran specific that, you know, they help you set your apps, they'll take you straight to your classroom door. That way you know, okay, I need to be here tomorrow morning at eight o'clock. So, you know, you know exactly which classroom to go to. Cause you kind of have an idea. Um, so AWOL is a very good thing to kind of get people started. We kind of get in as much as we can and get all the student veterans to say, go to AWOL that way, you know, and also like just introduce ourselves to let them know that there are other veterans here and that we, we're here for you, and we want to do, you know, this organization's here for you. This, we have the Veteran Resource Center is there for them to help with their benefits. We have free printing, you know, kind of give them all the, the, the down and dirty of, like, you know, what, what we have available for them, kind of give them all of our things. We have a textbook library where veterans, um, we have books that are donated to us, and they can come rent textbooks or check them out for free. We don't charge them for that, so a lot of veterans come in there and grab books so they don't have to spend money on books in the bookstore, um, different situations like that and um so that's one of the first things we do we have a plenty we have plenty of activities we do throughout the years operation ruck is one of them kind of veteran suicide awareness and then we have our student veteran gala which is to raise money for um, for for scholarships for different student veterans we do that every um, fall i have a golf tournament we do in the spring kind of give you know veterans and that chance to get their network with other employers because we use uh, the golf tournament with employers and student veterans together as a team gives them an idea to kind of you know network like that we have a career closet where we um, allow students to come and you know we've had suits and stuff donated to us to kind of show us like you know if you need a, you have a TV or a TV interview, an interview <laughs> at all um, or you know for college or for a podcast you know, interview a podcast you know we, we have, um, they can come and um, check out a clo- some clothing so they don't have to go to the store and buy brand new ties and suits and stuff. We have different things available like that. Um, I'm sure I miss missing some. We do a lot of things for veterans throughout the years. and But the main thing is we want them to know that we're there for them, whether it's for school or whether it's they need someone to talk to, to hang out with, and just kind of give them a space to you know, really know that you know they're kind of, I wouldn't say safe space, but it's just like they're with like-minded individuals who know kind of what they've been through. Maybe not the exact same thing, but at least the general idea, you know, meeting other Marines, meeting other sailors, soldiers, airmen. You know, I think we have a Coast Guard or um, a Space Cadet uh, from Space Force now kind of Going to school there, so just good to see um, veterans come together in a space like that to kind of give them some uh, some help as they transition.
1: Yeah, and we hear more and more these days about PTSD, um, especially you know those have. Uh, maybe have fought in the middle east and seen things and seen their you know brothers or sisters in arms you know pass away um and so you know and and sometimes maybe that's a big risk to go to a school like an auburn university where there's a lot of people and you're in classroom with maybe with quite a few people and so does that something that um is um, you know, kind of a, considered a risk for some veterans. Like, okay, there's it's a lot of people. So, but I need to, you know, get that support to help me. You know, kind of cope and push past this. You know?
0: Absolutely, there's a lot of classrooms or settings that you get in there, and there's you know hundred plus people in your your lecture halls. And I know a lot of veterans, um, especially coming back from from different um, combat situations, might not be comfortable in that kind of situation. Um, and that's something, hopefully, that we can help them out with at any time. If they if they come to us, let us know. We can definitely work something out with the university with them and get them into the help they need for that situation. Um, and then just kinda, you know, a lot of people come out and, and you know, we're non-traditional students. A lot of us are older. We have our own families, you know. Um, the people get out, retire 20 years and come back and they have, you know, three kids that are probably also in college. We do have a, a fellow veteran right now that goes to school with his son. You know, his son's in wow. pharmacy school and he's a junior here in, at Auburn University. so. Uh, there's just a bunch of different groups of people that come in there. We definitely want to make sure that everyone's comfortable. They understand that you know, yeah, we're going to school with also a bunch of you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty-year-old kids, but you know, they they can learn from us just as much as we can learn from them. And so we we definitely try to you know adjust everybody accordingly to how they you know what they need.
1: Yeah, and we talk you know we talk along with talking about fitness, we talk about faith on this podcast. And one last thing to ask you about is so do you, you know, and we and we talked about it a little before how sometimes. As you, know, whether a Marine Corps or a soldier in the Army or whatever, you know, sometimes you uh, you can lose faith, and okay, you're you're fighting for your country, defending your country, working hard, training, and you, and you volunteer to do it. But sometimes, you know, um, you can lose faith in the fact. That, okay, is my country gonna help me? And like when I'm done here, you know. And sometimes that was not okay, the case. Not maybe America to blame, but it's like you know, hey, that's just the the way life is. You know, so. Um, Do you think that, that, you know, what you guys are doing and Operation Iron Rug, that that can helpfully restore people's faith in whatever it is, faith in God, faith in America, faith in whatever, like that, hey, like life can be better, right?
0: I think so. I absolutely do. Um, The main thing is, you know, when you're in the military, no matter what your job is or what you're doing, you're... When you ultimately you sign, you know, raise your right hand to, to defend this country, when you get down, down to it, you're there to defend that, that man or woman to your left and right of you. Um, in, the, in, the, in the trenches, anywhere you go, um, whatever you do, it's you're there and you're whatever you're doing, well, whoever tells you to go wherever, it's for that person to left and right of you. You're going to take care of them no matter what. And that's what we want to do when we get out is show people, that's what Operation Iron Ruck is for, to show people that we're still looking out for our fellow brothers and sisters to the left and right of us. Um, so just being able to show people that we still care. And that you know, we're still you know, we're still our brother's keeper. We're still out there, you know, looking to help each other as much as we can. is a big part of why we do anything um, at the Student Veteran Association, especially Operation Iron Rook.
1: Yeah. So, are you and uh, everybody else trained and ready to go for uh, for Wednesday through Saturday? Oh, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> everybody, everybody getting plenty of extra sleep and some extra food, you
0: know? Or? Yeah. We we just went through last. Um, re- we got finals week coming right after this, Ooh, so yeah. um, a lot of people are kind of. It's it's a good balance of, of you know sleep and getting ready for the ruck and also uh, you know studying and getting your homework done before you go there. So um, I, I believe we've we've done a very good job of getting everybody ready. Um, I feel like everybody's going to be well prepared and um, we'll definitely make sure we get out there and uh, try our best. And uh, you know we don't want to try to break anybody off, so we never try to tell people they have to complete the whole thing or they have to do this or they have to wear this. So we let everybody kind of to you know f- get their own way through because some people you know don't necessarily you know don't necessarily have to do um, or need to do the whole thing. It's just the um, the idea is to, to, to do what you feel you need to do
1: yeah yeah absolutely yeah. well I wish you the best uh, Clayton uh, thank you so much for coming in Clayton Buchanan uh, as, uh, and good luck with your final year at Auburn University War Eagle, War Eagle. and um, and wish you guys the best at Operation Iron Ruck hopefully this will help get the word out with folks and we'll have a military matter story as well on WTVM that will be airing on the Wednesday you guys leave and uh, so I uh, wish you guys godspeed I know it's going to be a great t- trip and then uh, maybe who knows maybe Auburn can pull off the upset against Bama we'll hopefully see. I'll,
0: I'll see it all i love <laughs> <laughs> see it.
1: <laughs> Thanks so much, Clay. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you, War Eagle. That's going to be a great event. Operation Iron Rock, again, 151 miles from Auburn to Tuscaloosa, all to raise awareness and money about veteran suicide and also for homeless ve- veterans that are in shelters. Uh, um, you know, So thankful for what uh, the men and women that have fought for our country, what they've done for us uh, You know, for, for many, many decades, to, for us to have the freedom that we have now, for us to be able to have Thanksgiving with our family and friends. And uh, I wish all of you, uh, hopefully you have uh, Godspeed. and and safe travels wherever you're going for Thanksgiving. And uh, you know, hopefully, uh, you can enjoy some great food with uh, people that you love, uh, surrounded by them. And um, you know, with, with food, uh, you know, if you uh, the last episode of the podcast last week talked to Justin Gaston, one of the organizers and a local pastor with this uh, new venture called STL Kitchen Speed the Light Kitchen. They actually just had uh, their second episode launch. It's going to be every Tuesday and Friday, eight episodes. So you can search STL Kitchen on uh, Facebook and YouTube, and uh, got some great episodes there trying to raise a hundred thousand dollars for uh um, the speed the light for Project Rescue, which is to help to uh, get women and children out of sex slavery and sex trafficking across the globe. And uh, they've already raised thirty thousand dollars so far, so are almost halfway there. And um, so you know they're they're uh, dishing out some great food. I think their their second episode, of the challenge that just came out last night. If you're listening to this episode on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, uh, they uh, cooked some steak and asparagus and uh, mashed potatoes. So uh, pretty good stuff. Uh, I know you're looking forward to some great food. Um, thinking about the things that I'm thankful for um, I'm thankful for, for God first and foremost thankful for my family uh, for my job uh, for our military uh, as we talked about before and uh, for the uh, the food for thought today and parting gift I uh, have some things you know that are more that we' more thankful for than the US government, especially our, our faith in God and, and how that plays a role in this holiday. This is an article by uh, Jacob Fay uh, that uh, came out just in the last couple of days from the Convention of States Actions. I'm not endorsing them at all, but this uh, article called This Thanksgiving, Let's Put Our Faith in a Power Higher Than Government. I know we just came out of an election. Got runoffs going on, and uh, politics is still hot and heavy, especially in Georgia where I am. Uh, but uh, not talking about that today. We're talking about how we're putting our faith in that that higher power, being God, um, you know, going way back uh, to uh, about 150 years ago, President Abraham Lincoln. President number 16 for the United States um, issued a Thanksgiving proclamation in 1863, a famous one. And this was two years into the really horribly bloody Civil War. He talked about our aching nation, remembering God and confessing thankfulness to him for the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies, as he called it. Uh, He said, great things we have, quote, are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered Mercy. So even though we mess up, screw up as human beings, God still shows mercy to us. And it's interesting that you know President Lincoln at the time would be urging the country to be thankful, even in the midst of the deadliest war in American history, fighting amongst ourselves. And uh, you know that may sound weird for the, for him to be talking about thankfulness at that time, but it was evident to Lincoln that the nation you know really need to refocus. You know, kind of uh, start over again in terms of refocusing on uh, faith in God. And, uh, it, you know, he wanted to, to show us that impossible circumstances, even in the midst of that, it should not diminish our faith in Lord Almighty. And uh, our faith should be in that, not government. Because if we trust in government mostly or as, as you know, first and foremost or high up— it's not going to be promising for our future at all. Um, In Psalms 33, 12, it says, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. So we are chosen by God and we need to to act like that. So, you know, this holiday season for Thanksgiving, you know, um, reflect on the things that you have, that that we are richly blessed, especially here in America, even though we're going through some really tough times at times. Um, And uh, remember that, the source of those blessings, which is God and uh, the source of our nation. So uh, God's not going to let us down. Politicians and government likely will or probably will, but God will not. And now for our parting gift, uh, speaking of thanksgiving and showing thanks, uh, this is from Frank Clark. He was an American lawyer and politician who, who was in um, you know practice for about five decades, 20 of those years in the U.S. Congress, and actually— He's kind of local for us here in this East Alabama, West Georgia area. He was born in Eufaula, Alabama, not too far from Columbus, Georgia, and Montgomery. Uh, He attended law school in Georgia and had a private practice in Noonan, which is just south of Atlanta. So Frank Clark said this, If a fellow isn't thankful for what he's got, He isn't likely to be thankful for what he's going to get. So let me say that again. If a fellow isn't thankful, if a fellow is not thankful for what he's got, he is not likely to be thankful for what he is going to get. So be thankful for what you have now because you never know when it's going to be gone and you never know, you know, maybe how good you have it and just kind of changing your perspective. And and maybe God can help us do that, changing our perspective on life and what we're going through. And other people have it worse than us, you know, these homeless veterans and uh, veterans that come back from combat and, and are just lost in that transition and so lost that they feel like they need to take their own lives. So just remember, you know, be thankful for what you have. And be thankful for the opportunities to help others that maybe have less than us and uh, and don't have that family to lean on or that support system to lean on, especially during the holiday season, which can be a real tough time for folks. It can uh, bring up old wounds uh, because it's a time when people are celebrating, but just know that there are people hurting out there as well. So uh, um, let us pray to close out our, this podcast. Dear God, just thank you for the opportunity to talk about being thankful for so much we have in our lives. And first and foremost to you, God, thankful that you, Jesus, died on the cross for us and thankful that you show us mercy and grace when we don't deserve it uh, or not giving us, uh, you know, uh, punishment when we do deserve it. And God, we just uh, we're thankful, thankful for our families that we're going to be with in the coming days. Uh, keep everybody safe in their travels by air, by road, and uh, Lord, just uh, that everybody that they they bring there is peace at the dinner table at Thanksgivings across America, across the world, and uh, we just thank you for this country that that I live in, uh, that that I'm uh, so appreciative of, of being a part of, and uh, to have the freedom of religion to uh, celebrate and talk about you on a podcast like this. In your name, we pray, Amen. Well, thanks again for joining us for Run the Race, this episode number 134. Um, and uh, maybe in the coming weeks, we'll talk about some uh, fitness, some running, some you know things to get you ready for Christmas time. And uh, I might even talk to some uh, filmmakers uh, who uh, have made some faith-based films that you know well. And so looking forward to those conversations in the coming weeks. And again, hope you and yours have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Enjoy all that food. You know, um, you know, you'll have time to get healthier and lose some of those pounds in the coming weeks, maybe b- between Thanksgiving and Christmas. We'll have time for that. Um, So, And uh, my running journey continues. I'm looking forward to talking to you about that and next marathon in a couple months. But uh, I'm going to enjoy all that food and and keep running all those miles as well. So uh, until next time, you guys have a wonderful holiday season, and I'll talk to you soon.